Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Managed print services to keep your printing costs down? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Welcome back, everybody. 1235 in Evident. Bob Stoffer, Brennan Escott with you. Oilers Now, where guests receive gift certificates to Roos Chris Steakhouse. Whether you're celebrating a special moment or simply savoring a night on the town, every meal is a vacation at Roos Chris Steakhouse. Momentarily, we're going to head off to Brian Lawton from the NHL Network. It is brought to you every Wednesday by Mattress Superstore. Give them five minutes and they'll give you the best sleep of your life. Take the Sleepology body scan and take the guesswork out of buying a mattress. Just before we go to Mr. Lawton, I want to quickly bang off a text from Carson. And again, you can text us at any time at 780-496-0063. Ask me Five Floors text line. We get roughly 800 to 1,000 texts per show. Do not be insulted if we can't get to yours. Karsten says, Bob, what a game by Bouch. Bouchard is clearly NHL ready and is already a better defenseman than at least three or four other D on the roster, if not more. This kid is a big part of the future, and it's time the organization gives him a place on the opening lineup every game. And that one comes to us from Carson. We bring aboard Brian Lawton from the NHL Network, of course, uh, served as a general manager of the Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, for a long time, uh, basically headed up and ran Octagon's hockey agency and was the number one overall pick in the 1983 NHL draft. Welcome back to the show, Brian. How are you? I'm doing good, Bob. How are you? Good. Uh, we have some excited fans. And, and frankly, I think uh, we just had Ken Holland on, Brian, and he spoke about the fact that Dave Tippett hadn't seen Evan Bouchard play in about 16 months. Um, i got to tell you, it looked pretty damn good last night. You know what I'm saying? He looked really good. You know, he's got a really high ceiling in terms of his ability to make just a little higher level of a play on a nightly basis. Uh, With that said, in my opinion, he is not what he's going to be yet, but he needs to continue his development, or I hope he continues his development at the NHL level. He's going to make some mistakes at inopportune times. It's a horrible year to have to do that with a player, but that's where he's at. And I saw, I've seen similar circumstances, obviously. We had Stamkos, Hedman, lots of young guys down in Tampa. There just comes a time when a player has done everything he needs to do. He may not quite be that finished product. 
but the next or last phase of the development needs to happen at the NHL level. All right, so the Oilers have Ethan Bear, who's day-to-day, uh, and they were very precautionary keeping him out. As you know, he'd had a couple of concussions in his first year in the minors. He got hit inside of the head by the puck uh, the other night against the Leafs. We expect him in against Calgary. That's one right shot, D. Tyson Berry has seven points in his last four games. Uh, you are quite bullish on his signing. That is starting to come to fruition, Brian. Uh, so that's another right shot, D. Adam Larson kills penalties. That's a third right shot, D. Uh, do you have to go 11 and 7 to get Bouchard in? Or do you go four righties and two lefties when none of the righties have spent a lot of time over on the left side? How would you handle that situation if you were Dave Tippett? Well, I think I'd start with the top four, and you, obviously you're going to look at Nurse and Barry. Uh, but then Bear and Larson, you know, are really the four guys that should be in the top four. So does that mean that I don't see Adam. Larson moving over the other side. Can Ethan Bear play the left side? That's something I consider. Uh, but for me, I'd, I'd have Bouchard in the top six. Yeah. You know, you may want to dress seven just in case for a little bit because, as I said, I, I thought he looked great last night. Everybody's excited. You know he's going to make mistakes coming up. you got to kind of live with it. It's a tough year for the coach to have to do that, but it just is what it is. I think it gives this club their highest level by the playoffs. Now, of course, the coach will quickly argue that, well, we got to make the playoffs first. (laughs) I believe they will, and they'll have a better chance of succeeding in the playoffs if they can be patient with Bouchard, play him at the NHL level, let him make some mistakes, learn on the job, and I think everybody's better off for it in the long term. Uh, there was a uh, Wasserman special yesterday. Jeff Jackson represents Connor McDavid, and he represents Evan Bouchard. Uh, Marcus Leto, who you know, represents uh, Yessa Pugliarvi, and there was a sequence in the second period, late in the period. The Oilers up, I think it was 4-1 at the time, where Bouchard picked off a pass in the neutralized area. It took about half a second, funneled it quickly to the left side to uh, Connor, who one-touched it to Pugliarvi in the breakaway, and only a really good defensive play by Riley, and uh, it was a little out of position, broke it up. Um, let, let's go to Pogliarvi for a second here. Boiters showed some patience. The agency said, everybody just chill out, and uh, and maybe we'll go a little bit different path. And lo and behold, he's come in. He kind of looks like a different player. He got rewarded last night. You were an offensive player when you played. What does it mean for an offensive guy to to get the results even you know, even when it's you're you're creating the chances, but you're not getting rewarded. Last night he did. How does that change the complexion for a player like Paul Yarvey? Uh It'll change it a hundred percent for him. He's played really well. You've highlighted him a lot. I've highlighted him throughout this year on NHL Network. He just hadn't got the results that you would hope for. And at some point, if that continues, you can lose a player. That would really be a shame for Jesse Pugliarvi because he's made such great strides. And I think last night was a huge night for him. He could have scored, obviously, multiple times before last night's game, but he finally got a couple breaks. It finally happens, and hopefully he'll be able to springboard forward now. But he was teetering right on the border of where you're going, okay, 10, 11 games without a goal. Got some really nice minutes, obviously. He's averaging almost 14 minutes a night, which is pretty much third-line duty. Yeah. And uh, he's good He's good enough to score. So I, I was really pleased to see that happen for him. Hopefully he can build on it and keep going. I think he'll have a couple more dry 
spells. Uh, but overall, it's been mostly positive for Jesse Pugliarvi and the Edmonton Oilers. And it shows you, you just never know in this business. We're joined by Brian Lott and Bob Stoffer with you in Oilers. So, so, Brian, we've gone five minutes into this conversation. We just had Ken Holland on, and we didn't talk at all about Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl. And they're 1-2 in the NHL in scoring. Um, are, are you watching different games out of Canada than the States right now? Uh, from your perspective, I mean, are, are, is it just higher scoring in Canada? Is that because I think actually, if you look at the divisions, the goals per game are higher, or are there just better, younger players that are going right now up in Canada, putting up some numbers? It feels like they're uh, scoring at a much higher rate than the other divisions on a nightly basis. It feels like it's a little more wide open. Um, I don't know if that's true in the end. You know, in the Oilers' case, it's really abnormal because you have two guys that basically have double the points of anybody else, each individually. Uh, you don't see that on any other teams, not that kind of disparity. So the Oilers are different. Uh, Montreal scored way more than I thought they would. Toronto is scoring at a high rate. I thought they would. Vancouver started to pick it up. Johnny Gaudreau seems to have refound his form in Calgary. Uh, Winnipeg, you got the sense that uh, they're always capable of scoring. In general, it's the tendency of the teams that are in the North. I think it's the most exciting division by far, quite frankly. But uh, is it going to continue? No, the coaches will ruin it eventually. Dave Tippett or Claude Julian or some of these guys will get it locked down and it won't be as exciting, but I'm enjoying it for right now 100%. It's making for super exciting hockey. I'm just not sure that Connor and Leon will fall into that grouping, maybe the way some of those other players will on other teams I just mentioned. Well, Connor's averaging two points per game. Leon's like a 1.8. You're, you're, so you're thinking they're going to be able to, I mean, hey, they were 1-2 in the scoring last year. Why not 1-2 again this year? But you, you don't see them dropping off substantial uh, substantially? I see them both dropping off by about a quarter percent. Okay. So, you know, maybe maybe not quite that high. I could see Connor ending at 1.7 to 1.8 points per game and i could see leon dropping down to i don't know not not more than connor but not much more than that it's crazy right leon's plus 12 right now and some people think plus minus is a useless antiquated stat and there might be a degree of truth that david staple's going to come up with a cult of hockey and he's going to tell us that connor's actually been better five on five than leon but leon's the guy that's been rewarded uh and that might have to do with a little thing called pdo but it is interesting because to me dry showing uh if ever there was any doubt that uh, he certainly can play a two-way game yeah, no doubt about it. And there, there is an element of luck involved, as you reference PDO. But um, the fact of the matter is both these guys are, are dominant, in my opinion. If you just watch the games five on five, it's great to have advanced stats. I love them. I use them all the time. Super important. You're a crazy organization if you're not at least allocating a certain percentage of your evaluation to them. Um, but it's not always the be-all. You still you still got to watch the games at the end. All right. Uh, the owners have Dominic Cahoon. He's represented by Edmonton's Jerry Johansson. He came here on a... Uh, you know the story. He actually, his camp uh, before... 
Jerry took sort of full ownership of the situation. They turned down a two-year deal from the offer, or a two-year offer from the Oilers, uh, and then circled back when there was nothing else there in November the uh, 3rd and took a, uh, a one-year deal. To me, it looks like Leon's trying to make sure that Dominic's going to be successful. He seems pretty excited when Dominic scores. So when you play, did you have a line mate that was happier for when you contributed something offensively, uh, maybe than when he when he himself scored? Because if you watch Dreisaitl, like he got one last night and he just blew one right past the guardian. Hogberg was out of position, but... It, it seems like Leon's happier for when a, a guy like Cahoon scores than when he scores. Yeah, it, it definitely feels like Leon is, has taken on some responsibility. Obviously, they're great friends. He wants to see a buddy do well. Um, I think there's some familiarity there that, that just makes it fun, whether it's during the game or away from the game for Leon. So I, I love to see that. I love to see players take ownership. You know, if, as far as Ken's concerned, you know, you're trying to field the best team you can. But at right. the end of the day, you're you're kind of looking at Connor and Leon and saying, guys, I'm trying to do everything I can. Now you guys need to take responsibility for the wins and losses. And both those guys do do that, to be fair. I know it hasn't, uh, you know, it hasn't been all ups this year, even though they're leading the league uh, convincingly. But those guys want to win, and they take it personal. And when I see... Leon watching out for a player like Cahoon, uh, I think it's the type of intangible that doesn't ever show up anywhere. That's the way you build a winning championship with people that care about the guy next to him. You play for the guy next to you, and that's just a small example of that, in my opinion. You know, Canadians have a reputation of being really polite and nice. Hockey Canada has a perspective as to the conduct that they want their players to have. Hockey Canada has a huge benefit because they've got half the best, I would argue, half the best players in the world at their disposal. I mean, the Canadians basically make up about, I don't know what it is, 46, 47% of the players in the NHL. I am noticing, though, Brian, it's got to be stated, the level of competitiveness of American players. And, and there's a bit of, I think there's a little bit more screw you in some American players right now. I wonder if there's a little bit more personality that's allowed uh, with the U.S. National Development Program and at the U.S. at the World Juniors. I look at Yamamoto. He doesn't take any crap on the ice. He's, he's a classic overachiever. I look at what Boston and Pittsburgh have done with some of their support players. A lot of those guys are Americans out of the NCAA, and uh, they don't. They can take a punch in the face and just keep coming. And we've seen a little bit of movement away from the the classic Saskatchewan farm boy to you know a little bit more money costs money to play hockey in Canada. Not you know where I'm going here. Like, do you, is there? It's it's completely changed from when you came up through that U.S. system. Or is the U.S. having different types of players? Long-winded question. My apology, but give me your thoughts on that. Uh, there definitely are different types of players. I mean, you, you quoted, you know, what the NHL is roughly now, about 46% Canadian. When I came into the league, it was like 86% Canadian. I mean, it was crazy. I felt like an outcast. I felt like somebody in the Me Too movement, not making fun of anybody. But, you know, I felt different. I was just a hockey player like everybody else. But, uh you know, the makeup was significantly different. I know for a fact there were guys that hated that I was the first American player 
um, ever selected first overall. And those were guys that were my teammates. So it was very bizarre to me. So now you fast forward and, you know, obviously Canada has dropped from the high, the mid to high 80s as the rest of the world is starting to produce more uh, quality players. It's always been a miracle that Canada has the number of people that they do have in the NHL if you really truly looked at the numbers. Um, but there's no doubt that hockey in the U.S. has been elevated, and kids like Austin Matthews, um, you know, Keith Kachuk, it was in the blood, but Seth Jones, you know, these kids used to play different sports in America, and now they're playing hockey, and now some of those great athletes are making it, and they can compete with anybody. But um, in terms of the maturity and things you see, when you reference Boston and Pittsburgh, you know, I think college player, four years of college, three years of college, whatever it may be, a little bit older, a little bit better balance, they learn the golden rule. And the golden rule hasn't changed from when I played and when guys are playing now. It's just the understanding of how you get there has. And that is the object is to win the game. That's it, period. The object isn't to if someone punches you in the face and you have to – turn a shoulder and look the other way if it's going to help you win. There's American players that are willing to do that. That's how the game is changing, in my opinion, significantly. There's not as much leveling out or policing by the players that are looking to the league to do that. That's changing the makeup as well. I just... I I, I see more American kids overachieve than Canadian kids. That's what I'm seeing. Don't get me wrong. We can put a team together that nobody could match for an Olympics. We can't. I mean, seriously, who's going to match McDavid, McKinnon, and Crosby as center options in the top three lines? But I no, when it, nobody. Right? But when it comes to in the real world of the NHL, where all 31 organizations, soon to be 32, have access to basically, you know, 810 player, however many players it is, it seems to me that there's a lot of guys. I don't know what it is. They seem to be able to more capable of taking it. Maybe it's just something like, I don't know if we're too, too nice or too polite or too sensitive these days in Canada. But because Canadians weren't always like that, as as you're referencing, when you came into the league, they weren't always that nice. No, they weren't. You know? No, they weren't. <laughs> I can absolutely attest to that. And most of my best friends are Canadian. So it is what it is. But. Yeah, the game is definitely changing. Society is changing. Um, America, in American hockey, I feel like you have to be, in today's world, you definitely have to be more versatile. You know, you have to be a Sean Corrales or, I don't know, pick any player that you're thinking of that just has had the ability. You know, big kid can skate. Scored in college, not really a scorer in the NHL, but has, you know, quickly figured out if I want to be here and make an excellent living, I've got to be able to pivot. And I, and there's nothing that's going to hold me back from doing that and being successful. And that's why I see a lot of American players now getting ahead. They're willing to do that and really care if they're that have to be the same player that they were before they got there. They're willing to adjust and adapt. Great stuff, Brian. Love having you on the show. We'll hook up next week, okay? Thanks, Bob. My pleasure. You bet. That is Brian Lawton from the NHL Network, brought to you each Wednesday by Mattress Super.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Store. When we come back, Brendan Escott will get us into NHL today for elite promotional marketing. This is Oilers Now. This is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Welcome back, everybody. It is 12.55 in Edmonton. Let's go to NHL today for our friends at Elite Promotional Marketing. Drew Shamohorn and his staff wish you and yours all the best here in 2021. Head to ElitePromoMarketing.com. Back at the 6.30 Chad Studios, big part of the show, Brendan Escott. Two of the three games scheduled tonight will go ahead. Tampa is hosting Detroit and Boston is in Philadelphia, but San Jose Vegas is postponed. Just heard about it, but if you missed the top of the show, a Blues general manager, Doug Armstrong, is now the general manager for Canada's 2022 men's Winter Olympic team. He is joined by Oilers general manager, Ken Holland, who will fill the role of associate GM. Ron Francis, uh, Roberto Luongo, and Don Sweeney are all assistant GMs on that staff. Armstrong, uh, a part of management groups back in the 2010 and 2014 Olympic Games. Of course, winning gold both times. He's now in his 11th season as GM of St. Louis. Senators placing veteran D-man Braden Coburn on waivers. 35-year-old has a minus 5 rating in 8 games. Eric Brandstrom recalled in a uh, subsequent move there. And uh, Hockey Alberta did officially call off the 2021 season yesterday, Bob, after learning that they did not qualify under the province's reopening uh, plan for Phase 1. So they are uh, on the shelf until March 1st and they say they're now working uh, with members to a, a, towards a spring development season when step two of the uh, government of Alberta's reopening plan comes into effect. All right, we have one minute. Let's get to it. The Oilers Now Injury Report is brought to you by James H. Brown Injury Lawyers. Years ago, Jim Brown involved in the Edmonton Oil Kings. Trent Brown, of course, uh, started at the University of Alberta before being a two-time CFL All-Star. When accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. On the Oilers front, uh, Mike Smith, uh, today was an, uh, an NHL CBA-mandated off day for the Edmonton Oilers. They were not on the ice. Mike Smith is eligible to come off of LTIR Sunday. Oilers play in Calgary Saturday night. Sunday, Mike Smith is uh, eligible. Ethan Barrett, day-to-day. Brennan Escott, what else you got? Red Wings forward Tyler Bertuzzi will miss the next six games. He's got an upper body injury. Uh, Detroit hitting the road for six. He's just not going to be with them uh, on that trip. Taylor Hall, Rasmus Ristolainen, uh, each hitting the COVID reserve list for Buffalo and New Jersey added both Ty Smith and Jack Hughes to their COVID list for a total of 13 players now in protocol. Uh, we had a text early in the show asking about uh, Braden Coburn on waivers. No. I mean, the owner's got nine. To, I've, Braden Coburn's had a great NHL career. He's represented by Jerry Johansson, who also has Ty Smith, by the way. Uh, you know, the guy's had a tremendous career. That does not make sense. Ottawa has put Coburn on waivers for the same reason that the owners put Chase on on waivers a couple days ago. And that's for cap or for uh, taxi squad flexibility. Eileen Bell uh, will have a global news weather traffic update at 1 o'clock. And then David Staples from the Cult of Hockey at 105. We will return uh, after the update uh, with Eileen.
Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.